Welcome to Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. Hi, it's Oliver Chen, Cowan's retail new platforms luxury analyst. We're thrilled to be hosting this Retail Visionary series. Today, we have Mr. Elrim Gorin. He's CEO and co-founder of Fabric, which is a software-first robotic solution. And what we view as a key pioneer in the future of on-demand supply chains. Previously, Mr. Gorin served as a major in the Israeli Defense Forces managing R&D teams and multidisciplinary operations in the technology intelligence unit, and he holds a BS in physics and electrical engineering from Technion Israel Institute of Technology and an MBA from Tel Aviv University. Um, so Elram, what is Fabric uh, and what's happening with um, on-demand supply chains? What do you mean by on-demand supply chains and what's important in terms of automation and, and grocery, the, the innovation that's occurring there? Well, Oliver, first of all, thank you for, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. So uh, Fabric is a company uh, with a mission to enable uh, on-demand logistics for everyone. And what, what we mean by that is we're building the uh, services and tools that allow businesses to offer fast deliveries, fast as in one hour, same day, sometimes next day deliveries to their customers. Uh, those customers could be uh, businesses or consumers, but to do that in a way that's uh, economically sustainable and scalable from an operational perspective. So uh, at the end of the day, what, what we're here to solve, if we're looking at online groceries, for example, is to solve a, a problem that exists today where online retailers are losing money on every order that they're fulfilling and delivering. So we are building the tools for them to do that in a way that's not just uh, faster from a customer experience perspective, uh, meaning same day and on demand, but also profitable. Uh, and we're doing that by leveraging the tech that we built. This is where software and robotics kick in that allow us and them to do the same operations and better operations or faster operations in much better unit economics. Elrum, what's happened with consumer expectations and how has this mattered to your business? And in the midst of the pandemic, so much has been changing rapidly. Right. No, I think that's a great question. And I think two things happened, two main things. The first one is shoppers are buying more online, right? Uh, we're seeing this very clearly in uh, online groceries, and we're seeing this clearly in, uh, you know, the the broader e-commerce industry. So that's one thing that happened. The second thing that happened, happened and, and still is happening, is that there is an expectation for uh, a better experience. And, and better is kind of a, a vague word, but usually goes to convenience, which could be speed or accuracy of delivery. It goes to the uh, availability of inventory, right? Especially in groceries, right? If you order 30 items, you don't want to end up with 27 and three substitutions. Uh, you want to you end up with 30 items that you actually ordered. Um, and then definitely cost. Right. So people are willing to pay a bit more, but whether it's groceries or general merchandise, 
they are cost sensitive. And um, the more the operations get uh, efficient, the more value uh, consumers can get. So I think that that one is is definitely a journey, the customer expectations piece, but they have been changing uh, in the past year or so, given everything that we've seen with COVID. And Elram, how does Fabric help meet that challenge of profitability? And what, what are micro fulfillment centers for people who've never heard of that? So micro fulfillment centers, uh, you know, that's a kind of a fancy term for uh, taking um, your fulfillment operation. And instead of operating it 50 miles away from town, do it in the neighborhood, right? But also, which will drive, you know, faster deliveries and it will drive uh, cheaper um, last mile costs. To do that, th that's very challenging in, in sustainable unit economics because you're actually going against economies of scale, right? You're going towards a distributed model versus a centralized one. Now, uh, this is where Fabric's software and robotics kick in. So in order to make a, call it a, a 6,000 square foot fulfillment operation, something that actually makes sense, you do need to be very efficient in how you do things. And you do need to process enough throughput for that operation to make sense. And this is what Fabric is doing. So Fabric is building these uh, unique uh, atomic units, which we call micro fulfillment centers. And what they allow us to do and our customers to do is to process sufficient throughput through um, a very small footprint and to do that in um, uh, inefficiencies that make sense for industries like uh, online grocers. And once you're able to do that, then the combination between the local nature of that operation and the efficient nature of that operation basically creates a new operating point in the PL of the businesses that we serve that for the first time allow them to be fast and profitable. And that's really the, the, the strong combination. Elram, how would you contrast uh, your robotics slash hardware capabilities uh, versus your software and, and how those interact with each other and, and establishing you know, points of difference for how the industry is changing? Right. So I think Fabric took an approach here that's quite unique, which said, well, first of all, it needs to be a combined solution, right? It needs to be a software solution, needs to be a robotic solution. It also needs to be an op, an end-to-end -end operational. So these are kind of the three, the three uh, levels here. And in that sense, I think Fabric is unique because A, it has that operational layer. So Fabric, Fabric is building tech. Uh, and it is kind of offering that tech solutions to others, but it, it is also an operator on its own. So we have our own micro fulfillment networks and we're selling uh, on-demand fulfillment services from, from those solutions. So we are, in a, in a way, our own customers when it comes to the tech. So that's one thing. The second thing is that in the, in the balance between software and robotics, so A, Fabric took an approach that said, that you really need to rethink the entire solution. So we didn't we didn't take the approach of let's um, kind of leverage existing uh, kind of old or legacy technologies. We we said okay we're, we're going to need to build this, and there was a good reason why we did that. And then the second I think principle was that between hardware or robotics and software, we want 
the robotics piece to be as reliable, robust, low cost, scalable as possible, which actually means it needs to be very simple in a way. And at the same time, to have software do uh, as much of the heavy lifting as it can. And, and this is how we ended up with a solution that's extremely modular, it's extremely flexible, and it has this balance between robotics that's not necessarily that sophisticated. You have other players with more sophisticated robots with more sensors and more you know, fancy hardware and things like that. We actually wanted to, to not do that and built robots that are simple enough in a way, but uh, that serve our architecture and allow the software to do its magic. Elram, how many facilities are now live and who are some of your partners? Would also love um, elaboration on the recent deals with Walmart and Fresh Direct. Actually, Fabric started, you know, uh, we, we established the company in 2015. We did our first round of funding in 2016. The reason I'm mentioning this is this is where we actually started working as a, as a kind of a real company. And we launched our first operation in late 2018. So it took us a good two years to, to incubate the, the technology, uh, which uh, makes sense when you're building things from, from scratch. So we actually started our uh, operations in uh, Tel Aviv, Israel in uh, 2018. And we partnered with uh, Israel's largest health and beauty retailer. Their name is Super Foreign. We have I think, 200 stores across Israel. So we've launched our first operation there. And uh, we then partnered with uh, Israel's second largest uh, grocery chain. That's uh, Rami Levy. And we've launched our first grocery operation in Tel Aviv in late 2019. We are actually now in the process of expanding our, our operation in Israel. And that's definitely very, very exciting with existing customers and, and with new customers. And in the U.S., we are uh, launching with Fresh Direct quite soon, actually, uh, in the next month or so. And that's going to be an operation in uh, that's going to serve the uh, Washington D.C. area in Maryland. We're, as you've mentioned, Oliver, we're uh, we've uh, or Walmart announced um, you know their partnership with uh, with Fabric a few weeks ago, and that's coming up you know uh, later this year. And uh, what's what's very exciting is that we have two more cities that we're we're launching with our same day proposition. Uh, that's going to be a service proposition in New York City. That's launching in the next couple of months and in Dallas later this year. Uh, and in those cities, what we're planning to do, and we're, we're, we actually already have some of it uh, already in place, uh, definitely here in New York, is to start building those networks of micro-fulfillment centers and offer on-demand logistic services to, uh, to our customers. Oh, we're at Walmart and Fresh Direct are, are large and prestigious. Why would they choose to partner with you uh, versus doing this organically or doing it by themselves? I think what they've, you know, the, the, the choice they've made here is, is, is almost threefold, right? They made a choice to go after micro-fulfillment. That's choice number one. They made a choice to partner and not necessarily build this on their own. And I think that mainly goes to the fact that when you build such solutions, uh, that requires, a, you know, uh, 
sufficient time uh, and expertise. And uh, I think they they found that you know there 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 are partners who who do that, and it makes sense to partner with them. And then the third choice is to partner with specifically with fabric. I think what they found is that fabric's unique proposition and solution in terms of elasticity, in terms of um, the proposition they could offer their own customers, whether it's with respect to speed or availability of inventory, et cetera. And then obviously in terms of efficiency, I believe these are kind of uh, the things that drove them to make that choice. And I think Fabric's offering, or I would say this is a good testament for you know Fabric's unique offering uh, in this space. Elram, on the topic of, of labor, what do you see as the future of labor and you know near or long-term considerations as you know, automation enables a lot of labor savings, but the nature of labor and retail is changing as well. I think the roles of humans, right, of us humans, is going to be more focused on human interaction and the experience that humans want to see. And perhaps not as much on tasks that robots at some point will learn how to, how to do. And that's mainly because of uh, cost, uh, you know, cost considerations, but also because of availability considerations. I mean, one of the things that um, um, COVID has shown us is that the supply chain is is not as resilient as maybe some of us thought it, it is, and some of it has to do with the availability of resources. Uh, most importantly, is labor. Right? If you're uh, if your supply chain is built on on labor, then if there is shortage of that for whatever reason, right, um, then you're you're susceptible to having um, you know uh, issues in such events. So I think that you know robotic based solutions could offer a more resilient solution for such uh, situations. But I will say, I mean, I think it's if we're being realistic, it's it's uh, primarily around the ability of robotics to create uh, more throughputs and lower costs. At the same time, I can tell you that Fabric is a company that, I mean, we're thinking about ourselves as players, call it in the uh, supply chain space, but we, we're doing this in order to enable a, an elevated experience, right? And we know that that elevated experience, it, it, it can't be only done with robots. There's a strong human element there. And what, what I'm seeing is that um, we're, we're gonna see more humans in the areas where we're, we're, we're better at, which is actually those human interactions whether it's in a when you go to a to a to a grocery store and have an interaction with uh, you know the the butcher or the person in the deli or uh, or or what have you, and less about uh, things that in time robots are probably going to be able to do. Balancing humanity and you know driving automation and really enhancing the service proposition through what I call magic plus logic as well. Would just love your take on what's been most fun about this journey 
uh, and any closing remarks you may have, Elram? The thing that creates the most satisfaction is to see how a group of people, you know, does that journey from point A to point B. To me, that this is what drives me. In that sense, you know, you, you, you could have suggested that you could replace microfulfillment with somebody with something else, and and that would be uh, as fun. And I wouldn't necessarily argue with you. I think, for me at least, to see to see that process of uh, a group of people being able to achieve something, although there are a lot of barriers, right? There are a lot of things that are hard in this journey. Uh, that's that's what uh, what drives me. Beyond that, I think that you know. I feel like we're we're very fortunate to be operating in a time where we we can offer the market something that, from a timing perspective, even is 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 the right time, right? Um, I mean, micro fulfillment five years ago, when we started this journey, was a call it a, a weird idea, right? Nobody really took it very seriously. And I think there are a lot of things, or there are a few things I should say, that happened during those years that we did not, you know, we didn't initiate, we weren't in control of, but we were fortunate enough for them to happen, which allowed us to be in a position to uh, to offer what it is that we're offering today. And, uh, you know, fortunately for us, we're at a point where um, the market reacts very well to that. So I guess in that in that respect, uh, we can be very thankful for how much uh, fortunate we've been in this journey. Yeah, what's really remarkable is infinite demand and the market opportunity, and also creating a a complicated, you know, automated solution across you know, software, hardware, and partnering with companies in, in a modular, flexible way. Um, so Elram, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. And thank you very much for having me, Oliver. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Cowan Insights.